1: speaking about something new here. He didn't make this up. It wasn't his invention. No, John is speaking about something that has been with him, with them, and with us since the beginning. Look at verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning.
0: In the New Testament, many people were confused and angry about the new rules. In this chapter, John told the citizens that what was being taught wasn't new and was actually almost the exact same as it was in the Old Testament. Today, Pastor Dave will dive into deeper detail about this and what it means. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 John chapter 2 as he begins his message, The Fresh Word.
1: You are a So someone once said, quote, words are like coins. They can be circulated for such a long time that they start to wear out, unquote. When I looked at this saying, started to think about it. And the first thing that came to my mind is, has this happened to the word Love. In other words, has the word love been devalued in our society? Think about it. What are the things you say you love? I love a good hoagie from Primo's. There you go. I love my crazy dog. You might love your home, your career, your car, your vacation. You might love chocolate. You might love ice cream. You might have said those things from time to time. I remember saying I would love this and I would love that, and my kids would say back, then why don't you marry that? (laughs) There's some truth to that. So what about the love for your spouse? It is the same word. And what came to mind is how can I use the same word to describe my feelings towards a hoagie and then use that exact same word to describe the deep, deep love I have for my wife? Okay, I love mommy too. <laughs> and there you go. When we use words carelessly, they really mean little or nothing. They become like the coin, and they become devalued. John is talking a lot about love. John is the is the is the uh, apostle of love. Remember how he coined himself the apostle who Jesus loved. He writes constantly about love. I don't think, other than the Apostle Paul and the love chapter in 1 Corinthians, John wrote more about love than anyone else. So, as we've been making our way through this first letter of the Apostle John, he has been describing for us a life that is real, a life that is genuine a life that is full of joy, a life that is complete, a life that can only be found while abiding in Jesus Christ. And John told us that by fellowshipping with him, Jesus Christ, by fellowshipping one to another, we too now can enjoy that life. That life is possible today in our lives. But according to John, and as we studied through chapter 1 and and, and the first several verses of chapter 2, The real life includes two major things. Number one, it includes obedience. The real life includes obedience. It requires obedience. It requires walking in the light. That's obedience. Walking in the light and not in the darkness, John told us. And he discussed this walking in the light in great length. He said that if we do walk in the light as he, Jesus, walked in the light, not only do we have fellowship with one another, but his blood, Jesus' blood, cleanses us from all sin. Obedience also requires confession. John said that if we confess our sins, he, Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This obedience also means keeping his commandments. This is how we know that we know him. This is how we know that we are known by him. And we just studied that last time. Know that we know. So what is this commandment? The commandment is that we love one another the way he has loved us. So then love is the second requirement for living the life that is real. Love is the second requirement. Why? Because love is the spiritual tie between us. Love connects us. Love is the practical expression of the light. In other words, I could say walking in the love of Jesus Christ or walking in the light of Jesus Christ. They seem interchangeable. If we're fellowshipping with Jesus in one to another, then we need to walk in obedience and we need to walk in a love. Why? Because John says that's how we ought to walk, just as Jesus walked. That's how we're supposed to walk. That's what John said last time in verse 6. But John's not speaking about something new here. He didn't make this up. It wasn't his invention. No, John is speaking about something that has been with him, with them, and with us since the beginning. Look at verse 7. Brethren, I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. He starts out by using this beautiful word, brethren. And we talked about this Friday, in our men's study, where James used the same word. Brethren is an endearing term. And as I studied it and looked up the Greek meaning and language for brethren, I found something pretty cool. It has a context and meaning of coming from the same womb. And this is true. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you accepted his sacrifice on the cross, if you've confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are born again. Born again by what? His blood. So we share that commonality. That's pretty cool to think about it. But John says, brethren, this is not a new commandment. This is the commandment you heard from the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning, he said. This is the commandment you've heard from the beginning. Well, let me ask you a question. Does anybody know what the Shema is? Oh, come on. Where are my scholars out there? Tom, come on now. Ah, you got it. You bet. Shema in Hebrew means to hear. Turn to Deuteronomy 6. I knew you wouldn't let me down, Tom. Turn to Deuteronomy 6, the Shema. It begins in verse 4. I'm going to read verse 4 through verse 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your stroll, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets before your eye between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. The Shema. Remember when we saw episode 3 of The Chosen? Jesus was sitting before the children and he asked them to recite the Shema. Remember? And they did. They started to recite him, recite the Shema back to him. Hero Israel. Why? Because every child growing up in Israel had to know the Shema. They had to know that it was their prayer. It was to be recited in the morning prayer and it was to be recited in the evening prayer. It was to constantly be on their mind, constantly Recite it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul. Love the Lord your God. Interesting. Now, take a left-hand turn, if you will, over to the book of Leviticus. You know, every time I say Leviticus, I think somebody's going to run out of the door. You know, because (laughs) you know Leviticus is the law. You know, Leviticus is like the law. Look at chapter 19. In verse 18, specifically, chapter 19, verse 18 is written here. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Ah, so now we're getting someplace. So you have the Shema, and then you have this law here that you love your neighbor as yourself. These are the commandments that were given to them in the beginning. These are the word that was given to them in the beginning. And the children of Israel came out of Egypt, where the bondage of slavery was lifted from them. When the children of Israel came out and they met at the mountain, and the word of God came to Moses, this is what God gave them. This was his law. This was it. And all of the commandments were based on these laws that were given to them. And they were to follow them. And they weren't allowed to break them. They weren't allowed to break one. They broke one, they broke them all. This was it. This was the beginning. John is saying, this is the commandment that was from the beginning. It's not a new commandment. That's what he's saying here. And then we read in verse 8a, he says, again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you. Excuse me? John, you just said it was an old commandment. Now you're telling me it's a new commandment. I'm confused. Is this a contradiction? Shall we throw the Bible away? No, not hardly. Not hardly. It's not a contradiction. How can the old be new? How can the old commandment be new? Well, first of all, this is translated in Greek, and you need to know that we've told you this before, that when Greeks use a certain word, depending upon how it's used and the meaning can vary. Can vary. The word new here has two meanings. It means recent in time, but it also means new in character, fresh. This is what John is talking about. The commandment John wrote of was the same time both old and new. It was old in the sense that they were told this long before they became Christians. They were told all these things. Long before that. And it's called new because this is what Jesus brought forth and told his disciples after the supper in John 13 when we studied that. Remember that? We studied that in John 13. He coupled them together. The new commandment to love was really new for several reasons. One, it was one of the most important reasons Jesus displayed this love like never before a love that was intimate, a love that was true, a love that was real. And we're being told that we need to imitate this love, that we need to practice this love. Jesus told his disciples that they will know your mind mine by the way you love one another. So he's telling his disciples and telling us, they'll know you're of me when they see you loving one another. This is a new love, a fresh love, a love that the world has never really seen before. Jesus Christ came and went to a cross. They never saw this before. This new commandment is not new in time. It has not been devalued. It is new in character. It is new in character. The old commandment that was from the beginning has taken on a new meaning now because of Jesus Christ. It has become the fresh word. It has become the fresh word for us. So you might ask, how has it become fresh? For one reason is the new emphasis of the commandment. The new emphasis of the commandment stands head and shoulders above all the other commandments. Now... You might have a problem with that. How can this be? How can you take one commandment and say it's higher than the other ones? How can you say one commandment is more important than the other ones? Isn't it true that we just said, Marcus taught about it on um, in Galatians, that if you break one commandment, you've broken them all. Then how can you put one in front of the other? Well, I didn't. Jesus did. In Mark 12, verses 28 through 34. Mark 12:28 through 34 Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together perceiving that he had answered them well asked him Jesus Which is the first commandment Jesus said to him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel. Hmm, sound familiar? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment, here it is, greater than these Greater than these. The scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God, and there is no other but he. And the, and, and the love of him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. The Apostle Paul, picking up on what Jesus said in Romans 13, picking up with what Jesus says in Romans 13 in verses 8 through 10, he says this, O oh, no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying, namely, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm to, a, does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the, so the emphasis now, this emphasis we have, is on fulfilling the law. How? By loving. We too can fulfill this law by loving. Everything that God had commanded man, how we ought to live to God and our relationship to each other, can be summed up in these two words. Love God supremely and love your neighbor. As we studied, men, you remember, James called this the royal law. James called this the royal law. It was a divine law coming from God. And if you do that, you will be doing all that God requires of you. Why? Because love is fulfilling the law. And it is interesting that the law was placed, really, for the most part, in the negative. The law is placed in the negative. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. But here, this is a positive. And Paul follows the example here of Jesus Christ, and he puts it into the positive. Loving your neighbor is the summation of the law. Why? For love does not do ill towards your neighbor. If I'm loving him, if I'm loving my neighbor, the way God is loving me and the way I'm intended to, I won't be lying. I won't be stealing. I won't be cheating. I won't be doing anything to get from him. Especially if I love him as I love myself. So love is fulfilling the law. And it's extremely important that we understand the meaning of Christian love. Christian love is not some shallow, sentimental, gushy thing that we get while we worship. It's not a gushy, gushy feeling. You can't work up to this kind of love. You can't make it happen. I'm going to love this person. I'm really going to love this person this time. Yeah, I can do it. No, you can't. It's a matter of me submitting my will to the Holy Spirit. It's a matter of me spending my will to the Holy Spirit and allowing the love of God that was shown to me now to be shown to others. One commentator said it this way, quote, You are not to act as if you love them, but because you love them. This is not hypocrisy, folks. It's obedience to the will of God. We walk in obedience. So this is the new emphasis It's a fresh look on an old commandment that was from uh, from the beginning. And why has this become new? Well, John tells us back in chapter uh, 2, verse 8b, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Darkness is passing away. The true light is shining. What true light? The true light of Jesus Christ. It is already shining. And where is it shining from? Whose heart? Our heart, yes, our heart. Didn't he say, you're the light of the world? Let your light so shine. So we're the light of the world. Jesus is now shining through us, and he becomes the example of the fresh word of the new commandment. The old commandment is made fresh by emphasis, and secondly, it is made fresh by example. Jesus illustrated his love, the very life that he lived. The very life that he lived, illustrated his love. He never showed hatred. He never showed malice. He gave us an example that we should follow. And even though he was most righteous, and he hated sin and disobedience, make no mistake about that. He never hated the people who committed sin. He never hated the people. Instead, he always had compassion on them. He always looked at them and had compassion. Look how he treated the disciples. No one could have been more patient with Peter than Jesus. No one could have been more patient with James and John, the sons of thunder, than Jesus. No one had have been more patient with Thomas's unbelief than Jesus. And no one could have loved Judas until the end, even in his betrayal and treachery, than Jesus. When Jesus told his disciples to love one another, he was only telling them what he had already shown them. He's only telling them what he already showed them. He practiced it in front of them. They saw it. They lived it. They looked at it. Remember the big John? That which we've seen, that which we've heard, that which we've touched, that's what we've looked upon. Remember how that began? No one who came in contact with Jesus was ever turned away, including the great Nicodemus. Jesus never turned anyone away. In fact, Jesus even touched his enemies with his love, he showed loving pity or the religious leaders, and they wanted to kill him. As he was being crucified, he showed love to those who were hammering the nails. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus is the perfect example of loving one another. His love, shining brightly in the midst of darkness, is an example of the fresh word, the fresh new commandment. He illustrated that old truth that God is love and that the real life is a life of joy and victory, and we can have that too. You are a sure hope.
0: Our time with you has come to an end today on A Sure Hope, but in our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue teaching through the book of 1 John. In the meantime, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for Assure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel, Cape May, for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. Feel free to give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit assurehoperadio.com for directions and more information. Perhaps you prefer email. If so, go ahead and email us with any questions at info at capewatchradio.com. You might be interested in knowing that for those who aren't able to come in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Just look for a link on our website at com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of First John. We look forward to the next time as Pastor Dave will share more things that God has put on his heart from this New Testament letter. But until then, we encourage you to read through the Bible on your own and be reminded of God and that He is a sure hope.